You're listening to the Passive Project Podcast, where we discuss building your online business to make more income, more impact, and give you more freedom in your life. I'm Gemma Bonham Carter, business strategist, lover of funnels, systems, and automation, mother of two, and avid coffee drinker. All right, so welcome to today's show. Today, you know, we're going to go back in time a little bit. I want to really peel back the curtain on what it was really like when I launched my first ever online course. So just so you know, that whole course got canned in the end. I archived it and, you know, frankly, you could label it an epic failure in comparison to what other people are doing online with their you know, insane first courses that make tens of thousands of dollars. But here's the thing. I learned some incredibly valuable lessons from the experience. And that is what I'm spilling on today. So the three really big mistakes, or you know what, let's let's not call them mistakes. Let's call them takeaways uh, that I made during that experience. So if you've created an online course already, or if you're thinking of venturing down that path, make sure to listen up to today's episode so you can avoid doing those same things that I did. All right, so a few housekeeping things before we get started. First off, I just want to say a huge thank you for the positive responses we've been getting so far to the first few podcast episodes. I've been getting your DMs, guys, and comments, and oh my goodness, it is really lighting me up to see those start to come in. Uh, So if you like this podcast, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes. It makes such a huge difference to our ability to show up and search and help more people find us and listen in, especially as we're kind of just getting things rolling here with the first few episodes. And you know what? If you're listening to the podcast, snap a pic and tag me on Instagram at Carter because I would love to see it and I would love to share that in my stories. The other thing I want to share is that we have a free resource, I'll link to it below in the show notes, uh, with a freebie that I know you're going to love, especially if you are interested in today's topic. So the freebie is called the Sales on Autopilot Funnel Blueprints, and basically what I'm doing there is sharing the overview, like maps, of the funnels I've used in my own business to sell my digital products so that you can implement the same thing in yours. So funnels are absolutely my jam and I truly believe that every business can use them and they don't have to be these kind of spammy, robotic type things. There is a way to create them with tons of personality and opportunity for connection. So make sure to grab that freebie. All right, so let's dive into today's episode. Okay, let's just rewind for a little bit and let me tell you kind of about where I was at this point. So we're dialing back to 2016. I had had my son, who is my second kiddo, I had had him in February. And while I was pregnant with him, I had already been starting to create and think about this online course idea that I had. I had spoken at a blogging conference a year before. I'd been got I had received so much amazing feedback from the people in the audience. It was at Blog Podium, which was a Canadian blogging conference uh, that my girlfriend Jennifer Flores put on for about five or six years. And I spoke at it for for several years. And 
I had given a talk on blog monetization and I received just such an incredible response to the point of which like I even got cards in the mail from audience members afterwards, which totally was mind blowing to me and just made me feel so wonderful. So um, I knew that people had questions about how to monetize their blog. And I was already doing that with my home decor and lifestyle blog, The Sweetest Digs. And so I really realized that there was an opportunity there to teach and to talk about what I had done with my blog and that it might make sense to offer this in an online course format. So this idea had kind of been brewing. And while I was pregnant, I had started to put together course modules and think about video lessons and workbooks and all that kind of stuff. So, okay, so then I have James, my son, in February of 2016. And it was really funny as I was like, thinking about what I wanted to talk about in this in this episode of the podcast, I went back to my email to see when was it that I actually like launched that course exactly and you know kind of a bit of a timeline on how it came together and it's really funny to go back and look at some of these emails because one month after I'd had my son so I had him on February 15th and literally on March 15th I was sending an email to my mom with like course titles and taglines that I wanted her feedback on. <laughs> so I was like sending all these options of what I could call my course and what the tagline would be to get her feedback and like my mom is um she's a geochemist. <laughs> like why like she doesn't have I love my mom and mom if you're listening um you know, don't they don't take this to heart. But like marketing is not in her wheelhouse, let's say. She is like a scientist through and through. Total academic. So uh quite not quite sure why I was going to her for advice on the marketing of this course. But anyway, that was when I was putting together I you know, I was obviously putting together that course. Like I was home with James. Uh he was a great baby. I was really lucky. And, um, you know, we were nursing a lot and he was sleeping a lot. And I used that like mama's like the nap time hustle was my life for a long time. I would always, always get to work on my online business when when the kiddos were napping. So anyway, I it was one month later, I I decided on the title of my course, it was going to be called Create Your Blog Biz, Start Making a Real Income from Your DIY and Design Blog in the Next 30 Days. So I actually think that that's not bad, not a bad um, name, even like looking back on it. And so about one month after that, April 25th, 2016, I sent out a pre-sale email uh, for that course to my list, which like... I'm going to get into this in a minute, but I didn't have much of a list and I didn't even have my own website for this new business of mine as like an online course creator. I was still just blogging over at thesweetestdigs.com and really didn't have much of a list of like bloggers or people interested in this topic. Uh but anyway, all that to say, I sent out that pre-sale email to the people I did have on my list on April 25th, so again, another month later, and I was selling the course for $79. And after the launch, I put it up to $147. And the other funny thing when I was doing this little research uh, back in my email inbox was that I found that I actually did some Facebook ads, and which surprised me because I don't remember doing those at all. But I spent $80 (laughs) in ads. I really, truly 
clearly had no idea what I was doing with ads. I just must have, I don't know if I put them up for like a lead magnet or a launch or whatever. I had no idea about like audiences or targeting people. Anyway, um, I never did a webinar with that launch. No, (laughs) I don't even think I had any video. It was literally just a series of emails. Um, And so I, I have to be honest, I couldn't pull the number of how much revenue I did in that very first launch because I don't I no longer use the same platform that I had used at that point. So I don't have um, I didn't have like a summary to look at, but it wasn't much. Right. Like, let's just be real. I'm sure it was like, I think, you know, must have been around seven or eight hundred dollars. And you know, I actually was fine with that. I wasn't. It's not like I felt like that was a huge failure. I was like, oh, amazing. I made some money. Okay, let's keep this going. So I kept that course running actually for about a year and a half uh, from that point on. And in the total span of that year, year and a half that I kept it going, I think I did somewhere in the $5,000 range, but not, I never did a real launch for that course. I never did a webinar. I never did anything that you're supposed to do uh, to launch that course properly. But it was such a good lesson for a bunch of reasons. And I want to get into that a little bit more. So, okay. So what are the three kind of big mistakes or like lessons learned that I took from that experience as I went on to create my next course? and obviously do have a lot more success with my next course. Okay, so the first real lesson was that I built it too soon. I was too eager, right? Like I was just so pumped after giving this talk at this conference, so excited to share my knowledge and put it into an online course format and help people. But the problem was I did that before I really had built any kind of email list of like the right kind of people who would be interested in that kind of product. You know, I had nobody to really launch it to when I created it. So I spent, you know, so much time figuring out, you know, the right kind of like format that I wanted the course to be in and what exactly I wanted to teach and how to make videos and how to make workbooks and how to put all that course content together and get set up on the right platforms. Like, you know, all of that stuff that takes so much time when all of that should have actually come later. So, you know, what should I have done differently? Well, I should have realized that I needed to slow my roll and just focus first on, you know, creating that audience. So what I should have done in retrospect, I should have chosen one social media channel to focus on. Like at the time, that would have been Facebook. Uh, Instagram was was happening then, but I wasn't really on the platform. And so I should have concentrated on Facebook, whether that was a page or in a group or whatever. I should have created a bunch of free content. So whether it was like blog posts or video posts, some really, really helpful stuff and some uh you know, lead magnets that tackle a few different things, all still to do with blog monetization and growing your blog. But I should have just created, you know, say, I don't know, three to five different lead magnets, kind of about different subjects to do with blog monetization. And I should have created a bunch of free content about blog monetization and then watch which ones got the most traction. Like if I was creating a you know, a bunch of different content, but the stuff on affiliate marketing was what really engaged people, that would have given me some clues as to what to focus on next, right? Or what to like dive deeper into. 
And so if I had done that, I would have, you know, been growing my list like slowly but surely and growing my social media channel slowly but surely. And at while doing that, I could have probed them with like a survey. I could have done polls. I could have even had direct emails about their the you know, my audience's struggles, like I could have reached out directly to people on my email list, not in a mass email format, like literally one to one. I know people say to hop on the phone, but really like who's going to do that? We don't have a society anymore where we hop on the phone and talk to people. We're all like too much behind the screen and too introverted, right? But I could have emailed people absolutely directly and really hone in on what their struggles were and what the questions they had about building their blog. So if I had done that, it just would have given me given me such a better sense of exactly what my audience struggled with, exactly what they wanted content on um, and what they wanted to learn from me. Because although I picked my niche, right, like I my niche was monetizing your blog, but there's still a lot of nuances within that niche that I could have kind of gone further into. So the other thing I should have done is, okay, I should have had a pre-sale, which I kind of did, but the problem was I did the pre-sale after I'd already built out the entire course. (laughs) When in actual fact, I should have just had a pre-sale and launched with like a skeleton of the content. Like I would have mapped out exactly what I wanted to teach in the course and what the modules would include and all of that kind of stuff. Like have that map ready, but not have done all the building of the content. I should have done the pre-sale with that and then dripped out the content from there. And that would have helped me really validate the idea of are there people who are willing to pay for this product to learn this subject? Like would enough people buy? And listen, I know the scary thing about the pre-sale idea is that you don't have it created. And so you think, you know, you're going to sell to some people and then they're going to be demanding the product and you're going to be running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to get all this stuff to them in a timely manner. And I totally get it because that's how I felt too. And that's why I didn't want to do it. So, you know, you can always create like the first module, right? And the thing about the pre-sale idea when you're launching with like a skeleton of the content is that you're going to give them a good deal, Like you're giving them, usually the price is lower than what you're eventually going to ask for when you do a pre-sale. So those people are getting a really great deal and they know, you know, as long as you make it really clear that this is like a brand new product and that the content is going to be dripped out, well, you've set the expectations. They know it's going to be dripped out. They know you're creating it in real time and that's okay. So, and the other cool thing about that is, What's really neat about dripping content out is that you see the questions that are coming back from your students in real time. And so it helps you, the content I feel like actually gets created better because you're right there with your students and you're helping them figure out, you know, that topic that you're teaching on and you can create the exact content that they're going to need and in the right way. So I think there's so many advantages to actually creating a lot of content in real time. And I've since done that with other products. So, and here's the thing with a pre-sale. If enough people don't buy, like let's say, you know, you've done this work to create your audience. You have like a thousand people on your email list. You have been engaging in whatever it is that you're using, whether it's Instagram or free Facebook group or whatever it is. And you put out this new product and you do a big pre-sale and literally nobody buys or like one person buys, Well, 
if you feel like that, you know, that it's not worth continuing down the path of because it, your idea has not been validated, you can always refund the, you know, the one person that buys, right? Like kind of think of it like a Kickstarter campaign. Like Kickstarter campaigns, they need to be fulfilled to the goal in order to actually have the follow through happen. So kind of go in, you can go into your presale with that kind of mentality. So that's my first big lesson learned was that I did it too soon. My second lesson learned was that really when I look back on it, the course was too broad. Like the content was genuinely really good. Like I put a lot of effort into that course. I knew what I was talking about. I had been blogging already for six years. I'd built up quite a nice income from my lifestyle blog, especially given the fact that I was totally doing it in the evenings and weekends, like on the side of, you know, my nine to five job. And So I knew what I was talking about and I did a great job at the, you know, especially considering it was my first time, like the videos and the workbooks and all that. I'm not embarrassed when I go back and look at that stuff, but the problem was I bit off too much in that course. So instead of being the expert at this one really specific thing, I went too big. Like I was trying to teach about blog monetization as a whole, and that is a really big subject. And to be totally honest, this is like always my problem, (laughs) basically in everything I create. And it's always what I get um, feedback on if I'm like in some sort of like program or mastermind or talking with business friends. They're always like, Gemma, you're trying to do too much. So I always want to teach all the things and like give all the value to my students. And I have a really bad time at narrowing down and like paring it down. So it's funny, like in my home and personal life, I'm totally like I have a less is more approach. Like if you've ever seen pictures of my house, like I really like a clean, simple aesthetic. I try and have, you know, a capsule wardrobe. I try and like really have a less is more approach in general. Like I try and simplify stuff around parenting and toys and all that, all that jazz. But with online education, I somehow continue to always struggle to do that. Like, I just want to literally teach everything I know on the subject, like everything. And so, and that's a problem because if you're teaching everything, like people are like, what is this for? Like, she can't, like, this is too big. It's too much. I can't possibly do all of this. And they're going to turn away and find a different solution for them because it's too overwhelming. Like, Okay, so this the course I created, the Create Your Blog Biz course, talking about blog monetization, it had four main areas, right? It was like, because there are four main ways to kind of monetize a traditional blog back in the day. It was like doing display ads, doing affiliate income, doing sponsored posts, and selling products. And so I talked about all of those things. What I should have done in retrospect is I should have created a course on just one of those topics. Like I could have created a course just around affiliate marketing as a blogger and how to do it effectively and increase your income just using affiliate marketing. Or I could have just created, you know, a course on doing sponsored posts. I did a lot of sponsored posts back in the day working with brands and I could have done that. And like, obviously we know like there's so many courses on those two topics now, right? Like there's so many courses on affiliate marketing and so many courses on like working with brands. And then the, or, you know, I could have done a course just on how to sell products as a blogger. And that is how, that's like what ended up 
kind of birthing my second course, which was Launch Your Shop, which is what, you know, I got way more specific and drilled down on, okay, bloggers, you know, the bloggers in my sphere here and influencers, they really want to know how to sell physical products to their audience like I have done. And so I need to create a course just on that. So how to launch a line of physical products uh, using print-on-demand dropshipping for their audience and monetize, like get a new a new revenue stream going uh, with that strategy. So, and that is what I ended up doing with my second course. So that was my second big lesson learned was like, I went too broad. I should have narrowed down. I should have positioned myself as the expert on one thing and gotten known for that one thing. And like I said, this is constantly something that I struggle with. Um, and maybe you do too. So, okay, so those are my first two lessons. The first one being I built it too soon, like I should have focused more on audience building before I actually built out the course content. And I should have not been so broad in my course topic. Okay, so what was the third big lesson learned? It was that I really didn't, this is kind of tied to lesson number one too, but like I didn't have enough visibility or credibility when I first launched that course. And I'm not saying that you need to be, you know, the huge expert with a gajillion followers and all kinds of fancy business friends and all of that kind of stuff. No, that's not what I'm saying. But the more you can have like any amount of visibility and credibility um, to your name, the easier it's going to be to sell your online course and the more people you're going to have on your email list. And I just should have spent some time focusing on this before I launched. So like I did not ever send it, like I didn't send out one pitch to anybody before I launched that course. Like I didn't try to, I don't know, like back in the day there weren't that many podcasts, but I didn't try and get on any podcasts. I didn't try and like write a guest post for somebody's website. I didn't try and like do a training in their Facebook group for them. Like I didn't do anything. And the thing is, when you come to people and offer amazing free value for their audience, that's not spammy. Like I literally would have had no product to sell them at that time. I was just pitching for pure value, right? Um, Just to kind of get my name out there and to be, I could even just say as seen on da-da-da-da-da, right? But I didn't collaborate with anybody, like not a single thing. I wanted to stay in my own little bubble where I could just create content without going out into that like scary world and being uncomfortable. Like I didn't want to be judged and, you know, I felt like a nobody. So like who would I be to email so-and-so to do any kind of collaboration with them when I was no one? Like I didn't even, guys, at this point, like I didn't even have my own separate website which I now do at GemmaBottomCarter.com, like I was just doing this all on the side of the sweetest digs. So that was silly. Like I really realize now how important it is to pitch yourself, to, to collaborate with people, to network, and to gain some credibility there. Because, you know, frankly, people it's going to be a lot harder to sell your course, to sell your membership, to sell whatever kind of digital product you're selling if you don't have any credibility behind you. 
and you haven't like positioned yourself as an expert in that area. So what should I have done? I should have gotten myself interviewed on a couple of podcasts. These don't need to be the biggest podcasts ever. Like people are, you know, starting podcasts all the time. Choose one where you and that podcast um, creator are kind of at the same stage. Like if you're just getting started, there are podcasts launching all the time. Get yourself onto some podcasts of people who are just launching theirs. They'll be happy to have like a guest to interview and you guys can grow together. So, you know, you don't have to, don't expect to get on like, you know, the podcast with a million downloads straight off the bat, right? So the other thing is I should have done more like swaps with people in my same boat. So like we could have done swaps where we like share lead magnets, right? And like I share their lead magnet to my audience and they share my lead magnet to their audience. And that way we're building each other's lists and we're gaining some visibility there. I could have gone in and done trainings in people's Facebook groups. I could have reached out to them and say, hey, okay, cool. You have a Facebook group on how to grow your blog, well, why don't I come in and provide this free training about whatever, about X, uh, to your group, like a 20-minute free training, pitch free. And that just, again, would have helped me to get my name out there and just have more credibility to my name. That frankly, like once you build some of these credibility pieces, like you can put them on the sales page for your program, like as seen on, da-da-da-da-da, right? I should have aimed to get some press mentions to help build that credibility. Again, with press, like, okay, maybe if you're just starting, maybe you're not going to go for like Forbes, but can you get, oh, I don't know, like a really good tip for getting some press mentions is to get on the email list for HARO, Help a Reporter Out, H-A-R-O. And they send out very regular emails. I want to say it's like every day or like three times a week or something, where you can say the categories of subject matter that you're interested in hearing about and you get a list of literally all of these reporter asks of like, okay, we're looking for somebody who's an expert in health and wellness and we want them to talk about the keto diet or like it'll be really specific asks of what they're looking for and then you pitch yourself. And I've since, I need to do that more even now, like I need to pay more attention to doing that. But I sp- for a couple of months, I was really diligent about doing that. And it got me some great press mentions. So I should have done that back then. And ultimately, you have to get into that. Like you have to put yourself into that uncomfortable place if you want to see real growth in your business. Like I get it. I know how awkward it feels to pitch yourself, to send out a collaboration request, to put yourself out there like that. I still get that like icky feeling in my stomach when I go to do that. (laughs) And it doesn't really go away the more you do it. So like you just need to get, uh, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like people say that all the time, but it's really true. And just kind of close your eyes and hit send on that, you know, on that pitch. I should have like networked at more events. I should have tried to get more speaking gigs, like all of that kind of thing. Um, If I were to do it over again, I would have tried to do a lot of that before launching the course. So those are my three big takeaways from that first course that I launched. But here's the thing, that course, Create Your Blog Biz, even with its mistakes or you know, whatever. What did I rename those two at the beginning? It wasn't lessons learned. It was something else. Um, Takeaways, I think I said. Even with those three big takeaways, 
that launching that course, it transformed my business and like my life. Like it opened my mind up to the opportunity that existed with digital products. I realized, holy cow, uh, I was about to say another word there, but let's just try and keep it PG here. Um, There's huge potential here, right? Like there's a huge opportunity for major scalability with digital products that I really, I don't know, I just, I hadn't really let that sink in before. And the other thing is, I truly realized how much I absolutely loved teaching. I loved connecting with students. Like even in that first program, you know, it's not like I got, a, you know, hundreds and hundreds of students, but the ones that I did get, I loved connecting with them and trying to help them out as much as I could. Like I got that major kind of fire in my belly around teaching and helping entrepreneurs that I didn't really know was there. Like I didn't know that that was really, I don't know if it was my calling, like that's a bit, I don't know how I feel about that, but I, you know, I really, really love doing that. And it was all I could think about, talk about, or dream about. Like you can ask my husband, I mean, ever since 2016, when I launched that first online course, I've been obsessed with helping entrepreneurs. Like that is if this is just like a dreamy gig to me, um, it's just the best. And so I ha- that was like a huge transformative moment too of like, yeah, I had run this lifestyle blog um, for quite some time and I still really like doing that. But this took it to another level. Like my love of helping entrepreneurs was next level. So I started to have that like pivot and shift in where my focus was in terms of my online business. And, you know, obviously I just saw the passive income potential. Like I realized that creating a business like this that was largely based on digital products. And then, you know, I added some affiliate marketing too uh, to my GemmaBottomCarter.com business. But creating a business that would continue to, you know, support like creating that person that I want to be in that lifestyle I was striving for. Like we have really big goals and dreams for ourselves, And I really saw the potential of this business model and how it could help us get there. So even though I had these big like lessons learned with that course and how, okay, making, you know, over the span of the entire course's lifetime, I think I made like $5,000. And of course people would call that, I'm sure, a huge failure. Like, you know, we see these people out there talking about their $20,000 months and $40,000 months and $100,000 months and like $5,000 over the course of a year. Yeah, that's not great in comparison. But for me, it was great. And it showed me, it showed me the opportunity that was there, which I then, you know, you continue to put one step in front of the other. You continue to grow, you continue to learn, and you continue to build more. And I then launched a second course that ended up doing so much better. And I learned a lot. You know, I took all those lessons learned and I put it into that second course and really was able to create something that I was able to scale in a way bigger way. And then again, that opened up the opportunity for me to launch the Passive Project membership, which is such an incredible um has just been such an incredible thing for me this year. I launched it in January of 2019 and it's, you know, I'm working with other digital product sellers and helping them really transform their businesses and how to get more more sales and grow their audience in a more automated way. And that has just been, I mean, my favorite thing ever. Like I can't help myself popping into that Facebook group every day and connecting with the members in there because it is just 
such an amazing space and uh, to be. And they're getting such incredible wins, both in their business, but also even just like in mindset stuff and kind of like personal development stuff. Like we talk about that too. And it's just, it's just been an incredible space. So my question for you at this point is like, how can you maybe take these like lessons or takeaways that I learned and think about them in relation to your own business. So if you plan on launching an online course, maybe, you know, can you slow your roll a little bit and make sure that you've built up an email, a bit of an email list first? Like I would say having a thousand people on an email list would be such an amazing goal to shoot for before you, before you do that launch. And then And, you know, as you're building that list, make sure to continue to connect with those people at a really deep level to really understand them and their struggles and how you can help them with those pain points. Secondly, like, do you need to step out of your shell a little bit more? Like, maybe learn that from this episode, really, that you have to you have to step out and gain more of that visibility and credibility. And how can you do that? How can you put yourself out there more? Um, and get seen on a bigger stage. Or maybe you fall into that trap too of trying to go too broad. Like, can you narrow in on what your unique special thing really is? Like, we often really overcomplicate things, and many times the answer is actually staring us straight in the face. I'm going to tell, I hope Melanie doesn't mind. She's a student of mine or a member of the Passive Project, and she was saying the other day that she had this real light bulb moment of like what she should be talking about. Her overall topic is about productivity and efficiency and that kind of thing, which is kind of a big topic. But she realized that her real like special sauce and she has a really unique process about it is around batching and how to do batching effectively. And she, you know, that was like a real light bulb moment to her because batching, for her, batching is so, like batching your work is such a normal, everyday part of how she operates. But she uses a system that she kind of created for herself. And she realized like, man, she needs to be teaching that system to other people. And like, it was just staring at her right in the face about narrowing down uh, to talking about just that. So, you know, how can you, like, is that something that you really need to rethink um, your focus. Maybe you can niche down a little bit further with your subject matter you want to teach on. So th- think about those questions. Hopefully that like strikes a bit of a chord for you. You can kind of walk away from this episode having some thoughts and maybe taking out a piece of paper and kind of brainstorming down um, some next steps and ideas for yourself. I would love to hear more about that. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and make sure to come find me on Instagram at Gemma.BonhamCarter and DM me and tell me like, what were your, did, do you have a big aha moment from this episode? Is there something that you're going to take away and really think about and implement for yourself in your own business? I would love to hear about it. And if you you know, want to subscribe, tag us on Instagram, leave a review on iTunes. I would just be so appreciative of that. And the last thing is remember to go and grab that sales on autopilot funnel blueprints lead magnet, the freebie that I have underneath in the show notes, because it is going to show you uh, exactly what I do in my funnels to sell 
my digital products now. And so if you sell an online course or a membership product or templates or some other kind of digital product, they are going to really help you figure out how to set those up in your own business so you can make more consistent sales on autopilot. So that is it for today's episode. Do you get stuck not knowing how to build your email list and what opt-ins you should create or what to write to your subscribers about? Because on next week's show, email marketing expert Leslie Clavajo will be here to tell you everything you need to know so you can grow your list effectively and profit from it faster. So that is next time on the Passive Project Podcast. See you then.